the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have a holly jolly Christmas. How often do you start your show off with yeah with Burl Ives looking like a snowman singing that song? I'm just saying, you don't get that very often. That's such a classic song. It really, really is. So good morning to you. Uh, serious talk here in the first hour. I uh, I made a phone call over to Acre over at uh, UCA. And whenever I want somebody to explain to me in normal English what they're, uh, what they're trying to do with money, I called David Mitchell. Nice. Thanks. And I called him up and I said, why don't you come on and bring uh, Joseph Johns with you? And he brought Joseph with him as well. Then, before I had got a hold of them, I called State Senator Mark Johnson, who keeps his finger pretty close to the pulse about what they're trying to do with money. All right, so I've got I got who I think are probably the three best to talk about this, and I'm looking forward to to getting into this discussion because I gotta believe that you're like me. They start throwing around. Well, it's going to be five point, going to go for five point nine to five point five, and I look at four tenths of a percent, and I said, "So what's the big deal here?" You know, and uh, I understand when I had Kim Hammer on at the beginning of this week, he says, "Dave, it's a that's a huge tax cut." And Half I said, a billion dollars." Yeah, and I said, "Not big enough for me. It's not big <laughs> enough for me." But but to do what I would like to see you guys do, uh, Mark, is that. You all have to start cutting spending. And for you to cut spending, that means all of you got to go to school and tear every one of those departments apart and see what they're spending the money on. And I, I don't I don't see where you got you guys don't have big staffs like they got in Washington, D.C. I don't know how you would ever do that. Well, there's an answer for that, Dave. And I want to of all sources, I want to quote Senator Joyce Elliott. Wow. Who said. Kind of and she wasn't talking about cutting. Okay, I can imagine. Okay. But uh, she pointed out a while back, I can't tell you exactly, it may have been during the last fiscal session, that theoretically creating a separate fiscal session, which we do in the even-numbered years, was an opportunity for us to dive deep into the budget and actually work diligently on budget matters without all the other types of legislation slowing us down or distracting us and you know what i like joyce i've had joyce on my show multiple times joyce is a wonderful person yeah but she's wrong on a lot of issues that's exactly right i was going to say so that makes sense and and that does make sense i like that idea and, and i think we need to do that because we have distractions for lack of a better word during a regular session that that cause us not to do that the the point is that arkansas has always been behind the curve on on revenue we just didn't have enough money to take care of the basics we're at the stage now 
we take care of the basics and we need to start saying, okay, what frills need to go? Now, let me give you a, a keep, start your morning off with something pleasant. Uh, we had a meeting and I was, I actually had a conversation. I'm going to call this person a high ranking official within the Sarah Huckabee Sanders campaign. And this person said, do you think we can finally start, the legislature would finally be interested in looking at actual spending cuts? And, of course, you know, it was like you're preaching to the choir kind of thing. Uh, at least the, that door is open where for too long it's, it hasn't been that way. So it, it's, a, it's a mindset change, Dave. Yeah. Uh, it, well, 135 years of Democrat rule – I know that you guys have been in the in the majority since about ten, but it's still a a, a a long reach for the people of Arkansas to understand it's time to cut. Well, since I've been in the Senate, two things have happened on on, on the Revenue Stabilization Act. Uh, first time was uh, uh, the budget director and the then president pro tem Jim Hendren walked in to a meeting with the senators all in the quiet room and slapped about an inch and a half thick document and said, here it is. So we start kind of thumbing through it. And then he said, and, and go ahead and take a look at it, but you're going to have to hand it back after the meeting. So I'm thinking, why am I here? If, you know, the powers that be, and this was at the pinnacle of the the governor and his nephew telling it, this is the way it is, take it or leave it. Right. Uh, and then the following year, we had a fiscal session in 2020 where the less senior members were stuck in the attic. Senator Hammer and I, and at that time, Kim was, I'm 30, was 31 in seniority. Kim was 35. I don't remember who was in between us, but we if were you're in the 35 gallery. in the Senate. Well, we were sitting in the gallery. <laughs> we sat in the gallery okay. for the session because of social distancing right. rules. And I'm thinking, this is something out of Franz Kafka or something, you know. But but the point is that we we've come a long way since that time. We there seems to be a, a movement to reestablish the legislative control of the budget, and I think whether we're, we're not there yet, but I think we're headed in the right direction. Well, you're one of three branches of the state government, and you're the ones that supposedly control the purse strings. Dave, nine senators can stop spending you have to have on most bills you have to have uh, 75 percent which is 27 votes in the senate if nine senators can stick together and start having some fiscal conservatism and that's not just cut and slash everything this is but sometimes it's just like your children you have to say no nine senators can stop an appropriation bill yeah, I hope people understand when I say I believe we cut state budget by ten percent right off the top, and then work work down from them uh, from there. I'm not talking about Sherman's march to the sea. I'm not talking about burning the crops and burning Atlanta to the ground again. I'm I'm talking about what I think can really really happen if people put their minds to it. That's the key, putting their minds to it. And like I said, the Democrats controlled everything for 135 years. Now it's now it's your time, and I really want to see some things happen uh, in a positive way about that. All right, so David Mitchell. Yeah. When you look at what the governor is, is proposing, what's your thoughts on it? 
And I'll ask the same thing of your compadre in crime. So, um, Joe's been so much more of an expert than I am. I have the PhD, but he spends all day long, eight hours a day, five days a week, just thinking about this one issue. You're a numbers cruncher. He's the numbers cruncher, which is super useful. That's why we have him. Okay. So, what's your thought? Yeah, so right now we're looking at uh, the, the biggest state cut, the biggest state individual income tax cut in state history, right? This is almost half of a billion dollars, $497.9 million. That's going to go back to taxpayers uh, up until 2026 and, and continued, of course. Uh, right now, though, I, I think that uh, while the corporate income tax cuts are good, uh, there was a little bit of confusion, I think, in the Senate and the House about what, uh, what they were actually covering, right? Because uh, when, when we look at the corporate income tax rate, that only affects corporations that that are, are really super wealthy, right? But the some of the other corporations, the S-Corps, the LLPs, they pay uh, what's called a pass-through tax, or they, they pay at the individual income tax level, mm-hmm. right? And and they, these individuals, uh, these, these smaller firms, right, are going to pay that lower 4.9% rate if the, the long-term reserve fund or the catastrophic reserve fund, uh, as it was renamed during the session, or will be, uh, what was renamed. And essentially when they pay that rate, they're going to just pay lower than, uh, than what the, the, the corporate income tax rate is right now. So that's going to be uh, long-term gains for them. But uh, it's also going into, uh, you know, about how long this is going to take to, to come into effect, right? So uh, the, the bill was written, Senate Bill 1 and House Bill 101 or 1001 were, were written such that uh, w- within the first year there could be savings of, uh, what was it, around, I think it was $200 million, right? So that's the first year. Uh, second year, looking like, um, yeah, $293.9 million. Next year, 348 And then we eventually top out at 2026 around almost $500 million, right? So that's going to be a lot of money going back to taxpayers. That's something I'm really excited about. Is that enough for people who will look at their, their, their uh, paychecks and be able to see that something has happened? Sure. So, so when you look at the per capita breakdown, right, by income, uh, so when you, when you ask how much is a family in Arkansas actually saving with this, uh, someone that earns about $22,000 a year, right, someone in the lower income uh, tax bracket there, they're going to save uh, around $47 a year, right? That's not a lot, but uh, that is better than, than just completely well, passing over that. Th- that right. person doesn't pay very much income tax. Right, right. And, and Th- that, they can't yeah. be cut mm-hmm. because right. they don't actually pay very much income tax. Right. Oh, right. <clears throat> sorry, I'm not close enough to the microphone. There you go. Yeah, so if, if you don't make any income, you can't get an income tax cut. Right, right, and, and that's really the purpose of this $60 right, tax credit is that for those who do pay just a little bit of income tax, right, then, then they can at least recoup some of what, what they're paying out, right, from, from their relatively. But talk and, about and, the comedian family. Dave, uh, yep. and, and thanks, that's a great explanation. And mm-hmm. uh, let's remember that part of the credit is to – and we and I, I don't necessarily like this term, but they say to smooth out the cliffs. Yes. When you mm-hmm. have, you go down to less tax brackets, then you know the the forty ninth dollar you make is taxed at one percent, and the fiftieth dollar at two percent. That's a hundred percent increase in the rate. That's correct. But you want you don't want along the way for that to suddenly be a big jump and therefore it a disincentive for people to keep working like you had in Sweden years ago yeah. where doctors wouldn't go to work on Fridays because it put them in the next tax bracket and they only keep 10% of what they earn it's to smooth those out so the credit is a a way to do that it's but you know if if somebody uh, a low income person that's trying to decide do I put gas in my car do I go to the grocery store 50 bucks 60 bucks here and there it's a lot of money. It makes a difference in their life, whether they perceive it at the moment or not. 
All right, we got more to talk about, but we got to get a break in. Let's do that right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. Hopefully, by the time we get to uh, the end of this hour, you'll understand a lot more about what they're trying to do in the state legislature. They do have a plan. They they truly do seem to have a plan. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Pat Davis. Again, we've gotten past the, the December 7th. And, yeah, that was Pearl Harbor Day, but it was also the last day to get signed up on your Medicare and all the rest of the stuff that goes on uh, with your health care and your health insurance. If you're looking to save uh, a lot of money on health insurance, and I'm not talking about retirees here. I'm talking about you, the normal person, 30 to 50 percent off if you go to with, uh, with Pat Davis. He'll tell you how he does that for you. You can use any provider that's around in the nation and work with them because this is real insurance. It's not a share plan. There's no co-pays with them. And there's times that you'll get a check uh, from your doctor or your urgent care facility or even the hospital. I can't remember when I got a check from the hospital, I'll be honest with you. But uh, if you'll get a hold of uh, Pat Davis, he'll explain how this all works out. And if you're into saving money, uh, this is exactly uh, the way you should go. Uh, 501-605-6935 is Pat's number and uh, yourhealthplanman.com on the internet. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Senator Mark Johnson is here along with uh, David Mitchell and Mr. Johns is here. He's the number cruncher. Yeah. He's the bean counter as, as, as he would be affectionately right. called. Is that right? That's exactly right. Okay. <laughs> That's a compliment at Acre, by yeah. the way. Well, the, we think of it as a compliment. Yeah. That's all right. I don't mind bean counters until they start cutting so much that they start sawing legs off and things of that Mm. nature, you know. If you want to cut fat, that's fine, but don't be cutting through bone. That happens at times. And I know you don't do that. All right, so you kind of gave us an overview Mm -hmm. of of what uh, the the legislature is looking uh, for. What's the feeling in the legislation, uh, legislature, pardon me, um, over there, uh, Mark, uh, I mean, look, the governor is a lame duck governor. He, he's not yes. going to be around much longer. Okay? And his, he gets lamer every day because his power, and this is not about Governor Hutchinson. This is any governor in this situation. You know, you, it's what can he do to me next year? Well, when you get down to where he's just got a few months left in office, there is no next year. And we're looking to the next governor. And that's a function of term limits. And that's already happening now. You guys are looking towards who you think will be the next governor, correct? I, I, people ask me, is Sarah Huckabee Sanders going to be governor? And I, I used to use the term, unless somebody drives off a bridge... I have since changed that term because there, some people are too young to know what that means. Yeah, but okay. uh, and if, leave their female passenger in the back seat. It was Senator Kennedy, but the point is not the one from Louisiana, the one from I Massachusetts. Know, yes, yeah. uh, but now I use the term unless there is an earthquake, uh, she will be our next governor. Okay. Now, again, it's a long time. It's eleven months before the general election, but that's. Uh, uh, all the signs seem to point to that, and uh, uh, the good part of that for anyone, but especially for her, is she has time to help build and plan an administration rather than 
wake up one morning like Frank White did in, in 1980. Oh my gosh, gosh! In a couple of months, I'm going to be governor. What am I going to do? And 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 he, That's I was true. part of his administration, so I know what the scramble was about. I hope that that she can, and I'm confident she will. She has a among her other advisors. She does have her father that served as governor for over what 11 years, 12 years. Yeah. So has she reached out to to share thoughts with you guys yet? Uh, we had an excellent meeting with her, with the Republican caucus of, of both the House and Senate met together, and we don't do that very often. Okay. And she was warmly received and was warm to us. Now, a lot of it is backslapping, but but she extended the honeymoon hand of cooperation. Time. Well, it's going to be a honeymoon, and there is really with any governor, but uh, I, I, I think her policies are going to be consistent with the actual rank and file of the Republicans in the General Assembly, which is not necessarily the case just because someone has an R after their name. And, Correct. And I won't pick Yeah, on we won't anybody. get in. We're not going to get into that. Don't have to. It's pretty obvious to people who just run and put an R by their name because they know they got a better chance of winning if they have an R by their name. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. All right, so this is the, the part that everybody has a question about typically i'll let you guys from acre talk about this potential benefits all right what mm-hmm. does this type of change to our tax code do for the average arkansan and the average business owner in arkansas just let me tell them what how the discount how this makes the median family better off tell them that right so everyone sort of knows median family here's what they're going to save Sure. Make the median income. What's a median? What's a median, median. family? Give yeah. me a so so the, the median definition. family income, right? So the median family income here in Arkansas is about forty seven thousand dollars a year. Uh, for my purposes, I'm just going to call it fifty thousand uh, dollars because of inflation, right? Maybe we're looking at about buying power of about forty seven, but nominal fifty. So those families that make about that much per year are going to save something like two hundred and forty seven dollars a year under this plan. Right. Okay. And and that's that's good news. I mean, that's two hundred forty seven dollars that they didn't have last year. And that's going to be uh, a permanent thing. So about, right. that's over four tanks of gas, maybe. You can buy some Christmas presents. It's a car payment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a car payment. That's right. good. I like right. that. And, you know, so so let's move up from from maybe, you know, forty seven to, to 50. Let's move up to around, you know, 92 or 86, somewhere in there. So for people that earn that much, for families and households that earn that much, we're going to be saving about $958 a year. Wow. Right? So, so just, and, and that's because of a few things, right? Because of the, the bracket consolidation that's, that we're moving people uh, that used to pay higher rates into tables that now uh, pay, uh, that they're going to pay lower rates, right, on their individual income taxes. And then uh, talking about, we already talked a little bit about this, but the pass-through rate for, for corporations and, and small businesses, right, that are usually owned by families, right? These, are, these aren't the Walmarts, the, the, the big river steals of the world. Uh, these are just small small town businesses. Those pay again the individual income tax rate, and that's going to significantly help those businesses. Right. So when you look at let's say two hundred and fifty dollars on a median income, right. what does that mean for business in Arkansas? Because that money is going to get spent. That's right. So how does how does that address business in the state, and how much you know juice does that give to business? Yeah, so I mean that's that's a function of, of a few things, right? How, how many people uh, are in a particular town? Uh, what, what the the small business count is there, and then people's 
I'll use an economic term, elasticity uh, uh, of demand, right? How much they want to spend on, on these small businesses. So uh, just let's let's put out, let's build a, a fictional town here. We'll call it uh, uh, Goodwill. Cabot. You can call it Cabot. Yeah, well, let's call it Cabot or Good, Goodwill, <laughs> Arkansas. So let, let's say that has, you know, 30,000 people in it. I think Cabot's around that. Yep. Yep. So, and then let's say the median income there is is the fifty thousand dollars we're talking about, and let's say that uh, they they have a small business tax base of I don't know three hundred million dollars a year, right? So when we increase uh, the expenditures, and uh, let's just say that these people here in, in Goodwill or Cabot, Arkansas, are going to increase uh, spending at, at local stores by say half, they're going to spend half that two fifty, that half two forty seven on local businesses. That's going to have a huge effect, right? That's going to have uh, this is going to increase one the tax revenue and and two the profits, right, for these businesses. It's going to help them. Uh, it's going to help them grow one their customer base. It's going to help them uh, expand uh, into maybe new areas, right? And we're going to see uh, also uh, there's also an impact, right, when we look at the uh, the the corporate income tax rate lowering that as well as the individual income tax rate. We could see growth in small business as well because people are then encouraged to start small businesses because they see a higher return on the investment that they're making. Right. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We got to get to the news. So we got to have, uh, you know, about a minute to try to grab everybody and let them hear what the big stories are that are going on right now. When we come back, you know, let's talk Econ 101. What does that really mean? Uh, for people who live in Cabot. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, here's the news. All right, back with you. Don't forget about our good friends over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. If you're looking for something for Christmas, now's the time to get over and visit with Eric. He opens at 10 o'clock. And uh, he opens, <clears throat> excuse me, at 10 o'clock every day, Monday uh, through Saturday. Uh, I buy from Eric. I can tell you this. He's got a ton of things to look at if you're looking at something unique that you want him to build for you because he can do that uh you need to get in like uh by the end of this week if you want that to happen because i mean we're we're 17 days or 16 days now away from christmas so he might tell you yeah give him we'll, we'll give him a, a a certificate and say it's going to be ready on this day so that they're going to get, uh, get it. Uh, 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard here in Little Rock. That's where you'll find him in Suite E. If you want to call him instead of stopping by, you want to set up an appointment, 501-246-3655. And that's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. And I'll tell you, I think he's better than any of the stores that start with letters. All right? Just so you know, when you say you know, K or, you know, Z or whatever. Just know that the man knows what he's doing. He's been in uh, the jewelry business for over 40 years, so he, he can take care of you. 636, we're talking about a serious issue this morning in the first hour. Uh, remember that we put this up on my Facebook uh, after it's over with. So if you hear something and you go, did they say that? Well, you can go back and watch the whole show again and uh, and, and see what it is, uh, what, what we talked about. And that would be worth your time because the legislature is, is working right now. Senator Mark Johnson is here. They're making decisions that are going to affect you if you pay income tax. And then we got the folks from Acre, and I'm trying to break this down in kind of bite-sized pizza, pieces for everybody so you can kind of understand what this means to you and uh, 
it's been pretty interesting thus far. They've given you some pretty good information that uh, that you can use. So what's the next thing that you think people should be uh, aware of, David? David Mitchell is here. Go ahead, David. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually super excited about this. I, you know, Normally on these things, I feel like I come in and I do nothing but complain. And this is one of the ones where I get to come in and, and be happy and sort of say, hey, you guys are doing a good job. <laughs> um, I think what was frustrating for me is it feels like every year – the, the budget has been growing. You know, it grows every year. It feels like it grows right on $200 million. And we have this RSA, but that's only what happens if we don't have any, any money. RSA. <clears throat> Revenue stabilization. Okay. Sorry, right. I got to yeah. Yeah, be careful. So the RSA tells us very specifically what has to happen when there's not enough money. But when money flows in, it just magically gets spent. spent. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard to be the person who says, no, we're not going to spend the money. Dave, ahead, let, me, let me give a little history lesson, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Mitch knows this. But yeah, yeah, six. back when we were a poor state, and I mean a really poor state, we had problems. We, were always, we defaulted on bonds. We just had problems. Some of it was corruption. Some of it was just we were poor. Uh, some brilliant men, and someday I'd like to talk about it in more detail, came up with this thing called the Revenue Stabilization Act, which is a way to have a, live in a balanced budget state. We're required by the Constitution and the law to keep the budget balanced, uh, but to come up with a spending plan to allocate priorities for what money we have coming in. And as the years have grown, it's kind of gone. It's now a bucket that gets filled up and we have to spend everything. I think we've got to kind of turn that inside out now and use it as a a spending constraint uh, thing rather than a oh gosh we can fund a hundred percent of everything we came thought up we needed to do let's go find some more things to spend money on and that's a systemic problem and it's a a, a will of the legislature problem uh, both and uh, as I mentioned, this idea of drilling down deeper during fiscal session on budget matters, I think it's something we need to seriously consider if we're going to get uh, the spending under control. One good thing we have done, and there's something about it in this bill, I think it was to tweak it, uh, the General Assembly is now going to have its own uh, tax research uh, person division because now we depend on DFNA to do revenue projections. If you got a bill, you need to have a, a budget analysis. How much will it cost? What will it revenue? How will this, if you want to cut taxes, oh, well, we'll lose this much revenue. But it's DFNA, the people that get the revenue, doing the estimates. So we wanted to have someone a little more independent. And, and you know, Acre does this kind of thing for us on some specific things, but they don't turn it around in 72 hours like no, we sometimes we have to have. Yeah. So this is systemically a good thing and direction to go. But RSA has gone from being the thing that protected us from going over the budget limitations on, to becoming a, a, a bucket that we fill it all up. And I, it's, it just needs to be somewhat modernized. But it was a brilliant thing that saved our state's butt many times all right that's good i'm glad to hear that they did some good things back then because you don't hear much about good things that they did you know 20 30 years ago at all or 70 70 years ago 70 years okay so anyway so what's the next thing here's the thing that i hear from people they they look at at this kind of stuff and they go 
Well, that you know, we've talked about how much this will mean to some people, like twenty five dollars a year or two hundred dollars a year, and they go, "I spend that much on going to the movies or whatever." When are we going to get some real payback? What What would you say to them about that, David? So I would love to see some kind of tax expenditure limit where I where the size of the government just can't grow. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to have the cuts right away. I'd love to like dig deep and sort of say, hey, every agency, what are you spending that you didn't really need to do? You know, hey, is this in the yellow pages? The yellow, I mean, no one uses the yellow pages, but <clears throat> if if some private organization is already providing it in on Angie's list or, or somewhere else, maybe the state government doesn't need to provide it. Um, so I would love to do that, but I also worry that that's a hard one. Maybe it'll be easier in, in when we have a new governor, but having a, a limit that says you just can't grow it, that alone would help. And it's just so easy. You know, my waistline gets, I try to watch it. I mean to watch it, but every year it gets bigger and bigger. And, and government is the same way. Every year they mean to watch it. It gets bigger and bigger. The, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this cut just because if they have less money, they can't spend it. Yeah, so what the Jeffersons say, way back when. Way back when. The propensity of government is to grow. grow. Yeah. All right, that's what he, he always said. He also said that when the people learned that they can vote themselves largress out of the public treasury, democracy would die. And there, we may be there right now here in this country, and we got to be ever vigilant, I think, about, about that. So if you guys had to go out and sell this, what would you be telling the, the, the normal Arkansan? Yeah, so, so right now, for the, talking about the tax expenditure limits, I would tell people, uh, just the normal Arkansan, that, that one, this is going to help your everyday lives by, one, reducing the amount of taxes, one, that can be collected because it's a two-system it's, it's two process, right? It's a tax and expenditure limit, right? That we're limiting both taxes and, and spending. So this is going to, one, reduce your tax burden. Two, it's going to provide you, if not uh, better public services, at least a parity of public services, right? Because there, there's a lot of people out there that say that if we adopt a tell or a tax expenditure limit, that we're going to somehow gut the schools, we're going to, we're going to gut disability spending, right? Like we heard in the session uh, this just yesterday. And... Um, that's just not true. There are 26 states that that have tells around the country, and that that uh, that claim has just not been ep- empirically verified at all. So no, they don't care about facts. I'm just telling you. Well, David, <laughs> I, I hear some of the complaints about the okay. spending. It's Go. that old alcoholic line that that you know if they need another drink, once too many, and a million's not enough. It's the same thing with people that are the beneficiaries of government spending. It doesn't matter what you do; they'll find. Something and I mean they they talked about people on the disability wait list on things. Okay, I get that, but that's just a matter of setting priorities, not trying to increase overall spending. We need to reprioritize some things, including mm-hmm. things like and it's going to come up today, paying our police officers not just because they deserve it and they're good people and they're that thin blue line that protects us, but just a simple economic decision. We can't staff our police departments if we don't pay them enough. So they go, when you have an officer going to work in a fast food restaurant because he can make more money, we got a problem in this state. And those are the kinds of, again, it's about setting priorities. Those are the kind of things we need to do. Okay. Have you heard how the left now 
It's not defund the police, it's refund the police. Have you heard that yet? It's been no. swing back. You ready? Yeah. It's, it, that's going to be their new terminology, thinking that people will just totally space out and forget that they're the ones that... Is this like climate change versus global warming? Yes, yes. It's kind of that way. Yeah. And it's their way of using semantics. It drives me crazy. But, yeah, you're going to hear them talk about refunding the police and not defunding the police because we're seeing what's come down because of defunding the police and everybody anybody with common sense could have told them it was going to happen you know why are you going to put your life your life on the line if they're not going to pay you a decent salary you're not exactly. it's that simple so let me ask you senator this question when you get this kind of cuts, and this is going to benefit businesses in Arkansas as well, will people see perhaps those uh, cuts uh, that they will save because of not having to pay as much taxes? Will we see those on the prices of goods and services, do you think? Now, that's more of a question for Mitch. I'm not okay. Uh, let's what, let him I mean, answer on, that. On one. some things, we should see some, some cuts, right? On some things, we should see some cuts. Um, you know, there's, there's clearly a lot of inflation. You know, the number is right around 6%. We, no one in this room has any control over that. That's nope. all in, in Washington. But at least one person in this room does have some control about what happens to the taxes here. And in my mind, that makes sense to focus on, well, I can't do anything about D.C., but we can do things about Arkansas. And, yeah, some of this is going to help lower prices. That's great because, you know, a lot of these small businesses, they're in very competitive industries. And if you got a tax cut, if you don't cut the price a little bit for your consumers, well, your your competitor will. Mm-hmm. And David gives that small business person the opportunity to get competitive without feeling the squeeze of one more thing squeezing them. In this case, state income tax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. right. So explain how this will affect small businesses. We know if you're big enough, it's going to affect you. Yeah. But the small businesses, they don't have a lot of the, the holes to jump through and save right. money, correct? Right. So, yeah, small businesses aren't getting R&D tax credits and things like that. That's not what they do. But one thing that happened is there used to be three separate schedules for the brackets, and now there's going to be two. That alone makes your life easier, just filling out the paperwork. Um, and, you know, Small businesses normally hire accountants, but they still have to deal with all of this. And every time that you make it just a little bit easier, that's that's an extra hour that they can spend with their family. It's an extra hour they can spend serving their customers. And a hundred, maybe a hundred dollars more off the bill they would receive from the CPA right. for preparing the more complex return rather mm-hmm. than the simpler return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So there's there's really we we'll see some very good benefits come down the road is what you all are saying anytime you do something that shrinks government it's a good thing for the people now you can shrink it too much we're nowhere close to that we're not even you know you could shrink it to anarchy and yes it would save us a lot of tax dollars but we're nowhere close to that we're still cutting out fat I never worry that we're cutting too much government in Arkansas. That's I don't never my concern. I'll go to my grave not <laughs> no, worrying about that one. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. Final break. We'll come back. Got a couple more things that we want to talk about. I'm going to have these guys back on. I'm going to try to set it up for next week, have you guys back on. I think I'm going to try to get you on and uh, give you a complete two hours okay, to, great. to talk about it because it's important. Yeah. This is important stuff that's going on right now. 
All right, don't forget about PI roofing. You want to keep your roof in good condition, keep the water out. All right, that's what you want to do. You don't want to wake up some morning and uh, you're laying in bed and you look up and the roof is discolored in a corner or something. That's not a good thing. That means water is getting in somewhere. Uh, if you have that problem, immediately call PI Roofing. Have them come out and find the leak and repair it. Stop it uh, Im- immediately because uh, water in your inside your house will destroy your insulation. It will destroy your drywall, and it will cost you a buttload of money. And I can say buttload is not cursing, all right? Buttload had to do with wine back in the... In the Middle Ages. I'll explain it someday when we got more time. But call PI Roofing, 707-3551. I can honestly say no other roofing company in the 18 years that I have owned my home in Cabot has ever walked on my my roof except for PI Roofing. They've done a, a fantastic job. They'll do a fantastic job for you. Uh, you can call them or you can go on their website, piroofing.com. All right, I got to tell you why I like bringing Mark Johnson in. He's like my historian. <laughs> I can bring up something during the break. Because I lived through all yeah, of it. Yeah, you went through all of it. It's like when I'm on the air and I start talking about Carter. You know, I was in the military when Carter was you know, president. Right. So I can talk about Carter. And I can talk about Johnson. You know, I was, I was walking the earth when Johnson was president and what he did and how he wasn't a great emancipator as everybody tries to make him sound. So anyway, that's one of the great things that I love about Mark. I got to get what we got to do is just go out to dinner so you can sure you know love tell to, me right? all these stories because I love if you know where you've come from, hopefully you don't go back to it. That's the key. That's key. We have to learn from our mistakes. Yeah, but that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, sadly, you're especially right. in government. <laughs> all right, so uh, let me just right now tell everybody Monday. Uh, the folks from Acre are going to be back here again uh, to spend uh, two hours. I'm going to cancel out the power panel, have these guys come in, and we'll talk more about taxation and cutting taxes. And I'm, I'm excited maybe to, you know, Joyce Elliott brings up this uh, thing about when you guys get together and want to make changes uh, to things that were passed during the general session. Maybe that's the time that you can take the days necessary for guys like you to sit down and hear how is, you know, uh, you know, the, the folks that are running, uh, you know, the family business and all of that kind of stuff, you know, watching over kids in the state, you know, how are they spending their money? And are they spending it efficiently? Because that's what you need to know. That's exactly right. Dave. And, and I, I would believe, I would believe uh, if I was told what, what you, they were spending on and they had the, paper and the numbers to prove it to me all right and are they doing it in a responsible way there's a lot of ways to get there there was an attempt sometimes it wasn't very much but it was to put sunset dates on programs and even whole agencies where uh, without a positive vote by the general assembly they went away and it's it's probably something we need to look at bringing back in, in some manner. I mean, we've got agencies that maybe are inefficient, but that doesn't mean we would need to abolish them. But we've got some. I have one in mind. I'm not ready to mention it yet, but I just think com- could completely go away. It's probably not a proper function of state. Oh, government. my God. That means we have to let people go. As, though, three. 
as though government is supposed to make jobs. No, it's not. That's it. But 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 not state universities, right? They're they're still in. Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've gone from preaching to meddling. <laughs> well, that's good. Right. But that's you know it, it, this is this is a part of being able to get to that cutting spending thing. You got to know what you're cutting, or if something needs to be cut. And Dave, I see a trend coming. Be watching for it. That the General Assembly will look at certain agencies and say. We're going to cut you by X, and they're going to have to scramble and live within 98% of what they had last year. You know what's funny about that? They find out they can do it. Of course they can do it. Just like families have to do it when you're dealing with 6% inflation. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. You, you got that right. Last This time last year, it cost me uh, about uh, $29 to fill up my tank. Not so much right now. Thank you, President Biden. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's why he he's got to go. But we got a three more years that we got to deal with him. All right. What about all of the uh, other bills that members of the state legislature would like to look at? Now they need two third vote from people to be On able to do houses. this, right? Yes. Do you have a in your mind some that you think are going to be looked at? Okay, let me clarify the law. The okay. Constitution says after the governor's items in the in the call are dealt with, up, down, we defeat them, we pass them. In this case, they all passed. Practically nothing in his call was controversial. Uh, then the fight, and it'll be today, I guess, will be do we extend the session, which we can extend it for 15 days. We don't have to say it's for this bill or that bill. I was wondering why your hands were taped up like a boxer. Yeah, we <laughs> do that. That's right. We're ready to go. But here's the thing critical race theory uh a credit tax credit for police officers uh the uh, uh there's another one guys i'm, I'm, I'm the blanking texas out. heartbeat uh, bill abortion? yes the texas heartbeat bill the and the the, the civil uh action for, right. for on abortion those items will come up for a vote it'll be listed in the resolution it'll say we need to extend the session to do that but under the constitution if we extend it for anything Everything, anything anybody wants to introduce can come up, but you've only got 15 calendar days. Right. So it, it's not like it's an open-ended, you know, go-crazy session. We're going to get out of here pretty quick, even if we extend. But there are those who, we only want you to work on what we want you to work on, which we've done, and we don't want you to work on the things that the people have been writing you and emailing you. So if, if you want something done about critical race theory on want arkansas to pass the the texas civil action on 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 abortion clinic bill if you want us to pass something around about critical race theory uh any of these things your legislator call and email them today this morning all right state senator mark johnson thanks for uh, rolling out of bed early to join me today (laughs) thanks to the folks from acre we'll see you guys back 6 a.m on monday joe is up next on the dave ellswick show
All right, we're getting everything rearranged here in the studio. Joe is here. Duck is not. Uh, Duck is down with his back. His back is messing around with him. And uh, if you've ever had back problems, you know how how uh, terrible that really, really can be at times. So uh, keep that uh, keep that in in mind. And uh, say your prayers today. Say a prayer for Duck. All right, because he, he's un, he is really not uh how you put it not really uh feeling up to doing much of anything right now it's bad to be sick during christmas day. it is it definitely is not a good time to be uh, under the weather for whatever reason you're under the weather for so how you been doing you weren't here the uh last week because you were kansas city yeah me and susan we took uh our vacation uh, went up there to Kansas City and uh, watched Kansas City Chiefs play oh, uh, Denver you? Broncos and uh, that was a good game. Yeah, it was. And uh, we stopped at Branson on the way back and spent one night there and messed around there. So it was it was a good trip, just relaxing, just get out of town and and not have to worry about all the stress and okay, traffic. So now, why when you were at the Denver uh, football facility? No, did, Kansas City or Kansas City. They they're like Denver. They're they're stadium is is that when people start really getting into the game yeah it moves the stadium it gets loud it gets really loud. it's mm-hmm. one of the loudest stadiums in nfl yep. so you guys had a great time doing that did you paint your face red no <laughs> there were a lot of people there that had their face painted, i but, bet but it, it was it was in the 70s all, all up through the week we were there and then sunday uh, that day it was high as about forty five or fifty, and then that it's night chilly. it got down to in, in the mid thirties. Well, for the game, yeah, and the wind oh. was blowing about thirty mile an hour, so it was pretty chilly. Yeah, I bet you. you did you have the proper gear to wear? Oh yeah, we had uh, we had big coats and hand warmers, and okay, good. Yeah, had us some beanie hats on, and we were dressed <laughs> to the max, stay warm, and we did. We had right. a good time. Well, you know, if you've never been to an NFL game, it is fun. I mean. There's a lot more going on away from the ball sometimes than going on at the field. Well, you know, if you watch it on TV, you only get to see what they want you to see. Yes, that's well, of course. And, and that's it. And if you're there at the game, though, you, you can look around and and you watch all the replays there, too, with the big two big screens, one at each right. end. And, uh, and I think you get a lot better perspective on things. And especially we were uh, 10th row. On the uh, 35-yard line. Wow. Mm-hmm. Lower bowl, upper? Lower. Wow. Yeah. Man, you were high enough that mm-hmm. the people who were standing on the field Over didn't get in your way. That's right. That's good. Yeah, we were in a big group, I guess, of, uh, I guess you would call them uh, season ticket holders. They all knew each other. Oh, sure. And I guess we had bought some seats for some from some folks that weren't there. So. Uh-huh. And we were outcasts and, uh, you know. <laughs> I asked, where are you from? Arkansas. Well, that didn't go over very well in Missouri. <laughs> our Kansas. But we are Chiefs fans, so that worked yeah. out in our favor. They didn't They didn't want to pour drinks or anything like that on us. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, you weren't there and, and were in orange and blue. That's correct. That wouldn't have been good. There were some folks there. There were more, there were more I guess you would call uh, Denver Bronco fans there than what I thought there would be. But there was quite a few. That's not that far of a trip. Yeah, I know. You know, to come over and see the ball game. All mm-hmm. right. So good. I'm glad you had a good time. Oh, yes, sir. I, I like going. And look, I go to Branson probably three times a year. Mm-hmm. I like going to Branson. Sure. I like 
there's some shows there in Branson that are very, very good. Now, yeah. there's, there's some shows that aren't very, very good. No, we we didn't we didn't get into that. We kind of just hung out there and drove around, looked at stuff, and then uh, well, the lights should have been dinner, on. Huh? And then the next morning, we had a good breakfast and came home. Okay, did you go to the, that breakfast place there in uh, in Branson? There's we went the one downtown. Yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty good. Huh? That little the little one. Yeah, yeah, right down just down the the block from mm-hmm. the uh, five and ten. Yeah, ah, good place to eat. Yep, really is good. But if you don't get there early, you're going to be waiting a long time to sit down. Yeah, to eat. there was a lot of folks there. That's the way it works. Then you can go across the street and buy some fudge. I didn't do that. To take you take you home with. <laughs> it was uh, it was about uh, I don't know nine eight thirty nine o'clock when we got down there for breakfast. But you had a little bit of a wait then. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Not much. Did you go to five and ten while you're there? No. Well, I like that place. I just I don't I don't walk through I, there. I, there were a lot of places closed, Dave, and you know oh, this is there? our off season because right, and you know they bunch of billboards up. See in March, so okay. Well, yeah, a lot of rides and stuff had already closed. That's understandable. And, and it was kind of cold that morning, so you know. Okay, it's chilly. It's it's chillier up there typically than it is here. It's always the way it is. All right. So, what are you seeing from people coming to your to your? Uh, uh, Joe's Garage, are there specific issues that people are trying to deal with right now? Well, it's it's always the same thing in automotive repair. It's year to year. I mean, you know, you've got your spring, you got your fall, and you got your summer, and you got your winter. And right now we're in winter, so it's uh, overheating issues, heaters not working. Right. Uh, we've put in a bunch of heater cores lately, stopped up. Uh, we've worked on a bunch of uh, what you would call actuators heat ac actuators blend door which is the temperature control door from hot to cold they've been on ac for a long time they flip over they don't work always right and and a lot of the heater boxes in these late models are made out of plastic and the doors are made out of plastic and the shafts will break in them and i you know i think it's a really crappy design but i didn't build it so we gotta live with it <laughs> But they could have done better because if you buy one of the replacement doors, yeah. it does not have a plastic shaft. Most of them have they've been converted over to a metal shaft, so it won't do that. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I guess they made an attempt to lighten it up and and make it uh, last, but it didn't work. So. Try to rectify yeah. a problem. So, yeah, they're trying to work on figuring that out. But I had something happen to me uh, Tuesday night. What happened? Well, my... My daughter left us with her car. She's she's on a little foray down into Mexico at Cozumel with a friend. Yeah. And I'm watching the grand, the granddaughter. So sure. we went over to U.S. Pizza there in, in Cabot because mm-hmm. uh, I like a lot of their sandwiches that they serve. So we went over and we ate and then we were leaving and it happened to be right around 6 o'clock. Well, you know as well as I do going through Cabot mm-hmm. between 545 and about 618. It's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of cars. So we you you were having problems getting off. I think it's North Point. That's the name of the street that dumps out on 89. And I'm trying to get a break on the traffic that's coming into the city and being able to avoid the cars that are coming yeah. out of the city sure well she has a, a little focus and i was sitting in it and look if you're driving and you pull up behind somebody at a stoplight 
give about two feet, all right? Don't just sit right on their bumper. Mm-hmm. Because here's what happened to me. I, I go to take my foot off the brake and put it on the accelerator and, and go across. The car rolled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hit the car behind me because it was right on my bumper. Mm-hmm. And uh, did nothing to the car behind me because it was a big old pickup truck. Yeah. But on my daughter's car, it cracked the rear bumper. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm. I mean, I'm not going to. Tr- I'm not going to call my insurance company. Sure. I'll. T- I'll pay for it uh, to get it fixed. But if that car hadn't been right up on my bumper, there, this would not have been a problem. Sure. Well, how far do cars typically roll back on something like that? Well, I think I know where you were pulling out from, and you're on a little bit of an incline right there. Yeah, right. Right there by uh, where uh, they used to have a sandwich shop. Right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Right next to, what is it, uh, the chicken place? Well, you know, I, I can't speak for every driver. There's a lot of folks out there that drive too close to people while they're going down the freeway. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I don't like that. And But, it, you know, you can't, you know, I, I guess the younger generation thinks that they can react quick enough. Yeah. And as older we get, we can't do that that quick. So, you know, you need to allow for the people in front of you. You may not make a mistake being young. Mm-hmm. But you got to allow for the folks that might make a mistake, so you don't need to get that close to anybody. Well, I didn't feel like I made a mistake. I, I was moving pretty quickly before, between the the great yeah. uh, brake pedal and the uh, accelerator. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. But you know, you, if you drive with two feet, uh, you're not supposed to do that. If you drive with one foot, by the time you let off brake and hit the gas, uh, it, it 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 you know sometimes I guess you could say. Depend on what kind of hill you're on, how quick you roll back, and all that. But traditionally, they uh, folks ought to stay off your bumper, Dave. That's best I yeah, can say. You know? I agree. I yeah. just real what, and I guess what kind of irritated me is that I immediately got out of the car, and I I was afraid that I did something to their car, yeah. and uh, it was more. I thought it was more like they ran into me than I mm-hmm. ran into them. It's a possibility too. And I I I went back and. It, it's it, the lady was nice by the time it was all over and said and done with, but she she really irritated me at the beginning. And mm-hmm. as I've gotten a little older, I I hold my fire a little bit more than I mm-hmm. used to because, well, that was dumb, and I was almost to say, yeah, it, it is pretty dumb to park that close to my bumper, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. But I was very nice to her, and I said I I apologized, and I said. I just took my foot off the brake to get it to the accelerator, and I slid back, you know. And I said, if it wasn't me, it had been somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I told. I, that was my way of saying, yeah. hey, you're too close. Well, sure. You know, a lot of people driving big trucks, when they pull up to objects, they can't see how close they are in the front. I bet you there wasn't three inches between us. All right, well, you know, that's on her then. Because when I looked up in the rearview mirror, all I saw were two headlights. <laughs> you know, if you had called the police, she would have been faulted for that. Well, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if she was or not. She would have been We called faulted. the police. They, they came did? out. What did yeah. they say? Uh, the guy said, you don't have to worry about it. That's what he said to me, all yeah. right, about what happened. Because yeah. you, you were in your rights doing what you were doing. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I, we she could have faulted them. Yeah, you know, we could have all sat there all night long. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically what we would have done. Yeah. All right, let's get the the first break in here. Let's talk a little bit about bumper to bumper. They 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 sponsor this uh, 
this hour, and it's always good to have them on with us. Uh, things going good with them? I mean, oh, getting, absolutely. The, getting all your parts where you want them and things? Well, you know, Bumper to Bumper is our part supplier. They're, uh, uh, we are all Bumper to Bumper CSCs, if you hear any of the shop owners on Dave's show. Uh, there's like 10 of us now, uh, all the way from Pine Bluff to all the way out to Lone Oak and back to Little Rock, North Little Rock. and Used to go all the way out to, to was it, Greenwood out there. Well, there's some other CSCs out there yeah, that are not there. participating in the radio show. But, you know, the reason we buy parts from them because they have quality parts at quality price. And uh, that means a lot to us. We give a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty. And, you know, if you're putting on the cheapest parts you can buy, I, I can't do that for my customers. I try and buy the best part I can buy. And, you know, uh, it means a lot to us because it gives us pride in what we do, Dave. The installation as well as the part that we're supplying and we're getting it from bumper to bumper and installing it. And the warranty behind it. And, and, and we stand behind it, parts and labor, two-year, 24,000-mile parts and labor. And right. So, and, and they got a big distribution center here in Little Rock, so they got all the parts here. And uh, they've got like five or six more distribution centers all the way from Florida all the way up past Kentucky. So, you know, it's, it's a great company to be involved with, and, and we're proud to be with them. Dave. I take good care of uh, of you all take good care of my mm-hmm. listeners you know from bumper to bumper 20 minutes after seven let's get a break in and then we'll come back and uh, talk more with joe and we got some car questions and uh, who knows where the conversation will go nobody knows and yeah, nobody knows when they start and during our hour so a break and then more here on the dave ellswick show all right back with you 23 minutes after seven i've got a uh ford focus yep i'll ask you a focus question since that's what i was driving tuesday night uh josh has one that was 2013 four-cylinder two-liter engine did i hear right that ford is not making the focus anymore i think that's correct Hmm. is that a bad little car well no for for years ford's had to focus and uh it's been i guess pretty good unit for them evidently the they've got some problems with the uh, uh transmission transmission bogs every once in a while all right he says the car shuts off when it's raining or snowing um i have a 2013 ford focus for the past year the car stalls out when it rains or snows been trying to get answers i've replaced both converter o2 sensors i've checked for vacuum leaks but can't find anything I have uh, brought it to three dealerships within the past year, and they can't give me answers on what's going on either. Well, I have a few ideas, but I don't have a lot of information here. I'd like to see, I don't know if it had any trouble codes in it, Mm -hmm. like communication errors or anything like that. If it shuts off when it's raining or snowing, you know, a couple things come to mind there is probably maybe a crank sensor. Uh, getting moisture on it and getting wet or uh, something to do with uh, the ignition system that it may have moisture in it. I, I, I'd, I'd really like to see the data on this with a scan tool and get a little more information, but we're not getting that. So I'm going to say where I'd start to be looking at right here is in the ignition system. Okay. And the ignition system is going to cover the cam and crank sensors and 
I'd be looking real hard at the crank sensor because a lot of time crank sensor can be bad, and you won't necessarily set a code. And uh, the moisture in the water, it's probably the lowest sensor on the engine down by the crankshaft. Right. So you get that splash from the snow and, 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 the, and the water and the steam coming up off the exhaust down there, too. Yeah, because it says it stalls out. That tells yeah. me it starts, but then starts something happens. It starts back up. So something got wet and it lost its signal. If it loses its signal, the engine's going to die. You sit there and you put it in part and you crank on it and boom, it's back up to going again. But I'd be willing to bet you that when it stalls out, it's because they're knocking the puddles dry. All right. They're really splashing they're getting through. something wet down. Okay. That's the way it sounds without, without any more information than we have on that one, Dave. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the dealerships might not be all that interested because you're talking about a car that's eight years old and they don't really want to deal with it anyway well that and uh, it's hard to duplicate that unless you bring it in when it's snowing or raining that well that's true all right i want to make an appointment to joe's garage all right what day is it going to rain let me look at the calendar (laughs) i got you yeah but but there's a lot of stored data in there a lot of times when an engine dies you can go back and it'll have uh engine stall code in it for some reason and you can go back and you can look at some of the freeze frame data and might give you an indication where you need to be hunting for this problem that day all right things to keep in mind bridget's got a 2001 mazda tribute this is six cylinder three liters she says i just recently got a complete tune-up on the mazda and ever since it has been running much louder and rougher than normal I was wondering if something might have been missed in the process. I had my tires rotated and balanced just last week. There was no difference. I'm just a little nervous because I don't want to be doing damage to the engine. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. On on this engine right here, you know, it's, I don't, this, this is, this is a simple question to me. But I'm not getting all the information right, here either. Right. One, how did it run before you had it tuned up? Because if it runs worse now that you had it tuned up than before you had it tuned up, yes, they created something. Okay. And a lot of these cars, to put a set of plugs in, you have to pull the manifolds off, you have to do this, you have to do that. And he might be looking for a vacuum leak, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have one. Well, we, the tool we use to find vacuum leaks is a smoke machine. Mm-hmm. We actually hook it up to the intake open the throttle body up and push smoke in there to see if the intake gaskets leaking or any of the other ports are leaking anything that has got anything to do with the vacuum system will be pressurized and then we're going to use a light to see where the smoke comes out and that could be what's causing the noise yes it can could be the air inlet tube is not on properly that's important on these vehicles because there's a mass airflow sensor in there too Maybe they didn't get the air, that tube that comes off the throttle by that goes over to the air cleaner box with the air filter in it. Maybe they didn't get that snap back down good. There, there's, a, there's a few things here that might need to be looked at just to make sure that everything got put back like it was supposed to. And okay. I don't think it did, and I think that's why it's running louder. He says that it's not running bad. He's more along the lines. They're a little bit rougher, but the noise may be related to why it's running rough if the air inlet tube is off on before it gets to the mass airflow so all right something to think about i would also say i wouldn't have gotten very far from wherever they had to work i would have come right back sure 
Have that say, look, look guys, yeah, this, you know, this thing don't even sound like it used to. Right. See, can can we see if we getting missed something here? Got in a hurry or forgot something or, or you know, what happened? All right. We'll come back, do more questions. Bill O'Reilly is ready right now to talk to you. And then we'll continue with more with Joe here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So do you know what happens after you make your 911 call? You know, you, you let's say your, your car breaks down, you call 911 and you need somebody to come out and look at your car or maybe you were in a wreck or whatever. You ever wonder what happens? Well, East End Towing knows what's going to happen. They're going to they're gonna order whoever it is, the person that's out there, is going to order a tow if you don't have a particular tow service you want to use. They're going to go and there's a, a, a queue. they got all these tow services that want to be called. And they just go down the line till they get one that comes out there. Well, it doesn't mean that the one that comes out to take care of you is the one that does the best job. So East End Towing, who I've been telling you for months now, can do the job because, you know, they are in Arkansas Tow and re- on the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. Uh, they're licensed. They're insured. Uh, all their trucks are permitted. And uh, they can answer, you know, what, what if it's on a private in private property? What uh, what happens if you got your camper hooked up to your, your car or your, your truck as well? Uh, no matter the situation, East End Towing is going to handle it for you, and they got the answers. I'll tell you this much. If you tell them you want to go to Joe's Garage or Duck's Garage or you, you're, you need to go to Dewdrop because you're down there in the uh, the area around uh, Pine Bluff, they'll take you there. Uh, that's where they'll take you. They're not going to put you in a uh, an impound lot somewhere. So remember, again, no matter the situation, East End Towing handles it, has the answers. All you got to do is call them, 501-888-8849. Now, I've got them in my my cell phone. You should have them in your cell phone, too. That's uh, 501-888-8849. I learned real fast that if you put the number on a piece of paper and put it in your uh, glove compartment, well, what happens if you lock your key out of your car? Mm-hmm. problem <laughs> can't get in to get the number so put it in your phone that way you'll always have it with you east end towing all right let's get back joe's here with us today he's up with us to the top of the hour let's get back in and talk a little further here uh cindy's got a 92 that's an old car now all right let's remember 1992 20 years old yeah all right 2021 is a long way down the road from that uh, XLT, six-cylinder, four-liter, no start, it just clicks. Drove it to work in the morning, it was fine. Started and ran just like normal. Went to go somewhere a few hours later and nothing. Tried to jump it with the other truck, jump pack, and still just clicking. Bought and put in a new battery, starter, cables. There must be more to this question here. Uh, and start a relay, but it still won't even try to start. Checked everything it might be, and it's all good. Ignition, shift, linkage, etc. All right, so they leave you. That's the question they leave you with, Joe. Now, mine, a couple weeks ago, came out of the movie theater, went to start it, nothing. Mm-hmm. Zippo. Uh, got uh, taken to Joe's the next day, and the starter went out. Yep. That's what happened. And it wouldn't turn over. 
don't do nothing. It clicks, and that's it. But well, she said they try check the starter. It's all right. Well, they, they said they replaced it. I, I you know, if you if, if you bring your car into a, a shop and you turn the key and it just clicks, the first time first thing we're going to do. If it clicks, I mean, you can put your hand on the fuse relay center. You can check the, uh, the starter relay, and you can actually listen to the starter itself. Starter's going to have a solenoid on it. The clicking means the solenoid pulled in. That means it pulled in. The starter motor couldn't run. Starter bad? Low voltage to that starter? Or is there something wrong with the engine? Like, for instance, is the engine hydrostatically locked, got fluid on top of one of the pistons, or is it lack of oil in the engine has got an issue where you can't turn it. The way to check that is to put a, a manual bar on it and see if you can turn that motor. Uh-huh. If you can't turn that motor, then you're going to take the accessory belt off and see if you can turn it. We've had engine vehicles come in before where the alternators are locked up on them or power steering pumps or AC compressors, and there's one belt on the front of that. But if that thing's locked up, it's not going to let the engine turn over. So there's a lot of other things here that need to be checked with just a click sound, right. one solid hard click tells us that there's something that makes the engine extremely hard to turn over well you put a new need to eliminate that stuff yeah you put a new starter on mine and not a problem since boy start strong start all the time yeah that's good good. Mm -hmm. you know so all right so keep in mind cindy that it could be more than what you thought it was sure exactly you know something else could have failed and has locked the engine up basically is what you're looking at all right, uh, Nicole has a 2007 Honda Accord, four-cylinder engine, 2.4 liter. My key fob broke. The green light was flashing on the dashboard. I broke the sensor inside the steering column and took it out, and the green light quit flashing, but my car still won't start. What could be the problem? Well, it ain't going to because that's key recognition. That sensor inside the car is when you put your key in. That's a, what they call a skim ring. It's got a halo right there. So you put the key in there, it's saying this is the right key to start the car. And uh, she messed that sensor up. The light's gonna not going to come on because it's not recognizing any key. There's no key there in its mind. Yeah, it can't So it's not going to let it do anything. Yeah. And if you, if you break that, that, that skim ring, it's not going to flash the light because it's not functioning. So she's she's got two fold problem. One, she's probably got a bad key or fob. Right. And then two, she made it worse by trying to fix it herself. Now she's damaged the skim ring. So the light don't even come on. She she's went backwards in this deal, Dave. <laughs> okay. Take it somewhere where they can fix it for That's you. That's correct. You know, we have a we have a tool you can hold most remotes up to it or key fobs, even the ones that don't have keys, and and you hold it up to it and it's just like a little uh, I guess a little scanner, and you hold it up to it, and you push the buttons. Uh-huh. And it's got lights that come on. It's got a signal, no signal. You push the button, nothing happens. Well, the first thing we're going to do is make sure the battery's good in that fob or that remote. And if it's good, or if it's not, we replace it and then see if it works. But once that it works with our tester, then we take it over to the car. We know the fob's good. We know the remote's good. Now let's see if the rest of the car's receiving the signal and working. There's a big deal in, 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 in diagnosing something in today's world, Dave. You know, you need to test, not guess, and that's what we do at Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers because we don't want to work on your car. We want to fix your car. Right. That's the difference. 
Yeah, and it costs, testing and not guessing. If you just start hanging stuff on, it's going to co- it usually ends up costing you a whole lot more money. You're you're exactly right because you could be putting parts on it that is not going to fix your complaint. Period. I was kind of uh, surprised to this uh, focus that my daughter has that I'm driving or my my wife is driving because she's running my granddaughter's up mm-hmm. the kingdom coming back again. Yeah, but uh, it started. Uh, it, it had a little light on it uh, starting yesterday, and it just said battery going down. You know, you replace the battery. And uh, Linda says, well, what should I do? And I said, there's the car dealership here, Ford dealership. Take it over there and ask them to replace the battery if you don't, you know, we don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And we looked in the book, and there's nothing there. So uh, she's going to run over there and give it to them and ask them to change it. Cost a little bit more, but I don't care. At least we know it would be fixed. Yeah. Well, I, you know, if you if you want to bring it by the shop, I'd be happy to look at it for you. So. Yeah. But I know it's a long drive. From yeah, there. she's not looking to drive from Cabot to put a battery in it. So she's you. going to take it over to the dealership and let them take care of it. And it's the little round batteries, you know, those. You don't put double A's or single A's. You're talking in about things. in the fob itself, yeah. Yeah. yeah you Probably a 2032 battery. I've got those in stock at the shop, so. Because they go bad, don't they? Well, they all wear out their batteries. <laughs> you're, draw, you're, drawing, you're drawing current from them every time you start the car. Now, there are a few that had a slot you could put them in, and it, the car would recharge the battery, but they're, they're not, there's not too many of them out there like that anymore. So. Okay. Well, I'm, just, I'm not used to not putting a key into the ignition. Just, just walking up and sitting yeah. down, pushing and pushing push the button. the start button. Yeah. I, I'm not used to that. All right. So, Caitlin. This is all women asking you questions today, Joe. Yep. You must be getting popular with the women. I don't know uh, about that. <laughs> 2016 Nissan Sentra is an SR four-cylinder, 1.8 liter. That's a small engine. Uh, just bought this 2016 Nissan Sentra with no navigation and have been trying to figure out how to play music off my phone for the past two hours. I already successfully connected my iPhone 11. However, I cannot figure out how to get the car to play my music. I read that I'm supposed to hit the aux button multiple times, but I've been trying and nothing is changing or happening. Now, here's a good example of it's not mechanical. Mm-hmm. It's IT stuff that we're yeah. talking about. And you guys got to know how to do this as well as you know how to do the mechanical stuff. Any ideas here? Sure. She's got a uh, 12-year-old kid or older. Hand the phone to them and say, make that play. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it'll work that way. Well, I'm telling you, in today's world, it may not be the card that is the issue. It may be the phone itself. Getting it, uh, getting, getting these phones today to link up is, is kind of uh, – every, every manufacturer does it different. And each year make and model – as it goes up and gets newer, it changes. What worked for 2014 ain't going to work for 2016. They're constantly upgrading and doing different things. So, And right offhand, I, I cannot tell her how to do that. I would be look, sitting down, and, and I would say, she's looked in the owner's manual. Just go ahead and, and Google this and see what the other people out there go into one of the chat rooms for this right. and see what the other people say about it. Uh, you know, there are some manufacturers have some issues with different type phones. Right. 
easier to hook up with this manufacturer. Some of them are not. Okay. Because of the type of phone you have. And and it, it's all, it's a different world. But I, I, I would have to look at and, and, and actually sit down and read about it to tell her how to do it. All right. Be honest with you. Best thing that uh, you can do, you can get information, of course, on the internet. Uh, and like you said, go to the chat room and I you find people who have had the exact same problem. Yes. There's all, you know, Ford had some problems with their info systems and GMs had some problems with their touchscreens and stuff on their high end and vehicles. And, and everybody has it. But what was m- messing up on it three years ago ain't today. Right. They've changed everything. I got you. Yeah. You know, so. And it changes fast. Oh, absolutely. Year to year. Yeah. Sometimes mid-year changes. That's a fact. All right. We'll take a break. Final break for this hour. More questions when we return. Uh, Don't forget about uh, David Lucas Financial. He tells you if you're concerned about the uh, out-of-control government spending, the soaring inflation, political unrest, rapid decline of the U.S. dollars, don't feel like the Lone Ranger. I I saw a poll yesterday at... uh, 70% 70% of Americans do not like the direction going on in our country right now. And those four things I just mentioned are the reason why, you know, it really is. So you're going to be just like other Americans of wanting to invest in some silver and gold, probably to protect your nest egg. You don't want to let 70 style inflation destroy your retirement. Learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, your 401k and hard earned savings call 501-222-3315 and then uh, work with uh, uh, the only regulated and licensed national wholesaler in the country that's who david lucas works with so that you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust to learn more about buying silver and gold call 501-222-3315 3315 Investment Advisory Services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Eight minutes until eight o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, let me just give you a heads up. Uh, we'll start off with Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett. We'll look at, uh, you know, the day's news through the eyes of lawyers. Then at seven o'clock, we'll be joined by a phone Although I I haven't heard from the office a uh, possibility that uh, Senator Bozeman will be here in studio. Cool. If they're not in session, uh, they had thought they might end up in session, but I haven't heard any more about that. So they may be here tomorrow. And then uh, at 735, you know, the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra getting ready to have their Christmas program. We're going to have them on to talk about that. And then next Friday, Chris Allen will join us because he's going to be the special guest star of the christmas program this year all right so we'll we'll have him i don't know if he's going to be in studio or if he's going to be by phone but uh he's going to be on the air so we'll look forward to talking to him uh next week i think it's going to be at seven o'clock next friday so good we plan out ahead we got to if you want to get the people that are in the know you try to get them on so we'll try to get them on and talk to them Let's talk a little bit about a Jeep, the okay. uh, Jeep Liberty Renegade. This is a 2006 six-cylinder 3.7. Should my part-time indicator light be on when driving normal in 2H? 
I just purchased a 2006 Jeep Liberty Renegade. has 135,000 miles. The dealership I bought it from said the part-time indicator light is on and will automatically kick into four-wheel drive if necessary. After reading the owner's manual, it says the light should be off in 2H, but when you shift to 4H, it will come on. Mine is the opposite. Lights on and 2H turns off when shifted to 4H. Should this light be on when driving normal road conditions in 2H? Also, how do I know if it has a command track transfer case or a Selic track transfer case? That's been my it's been my experience. All of them that I've looked at, if it's got a if it's got a rotating knob on it, too high, four high, four low, or even an automatic, whatever selector you have that set on that lights lit up to tell you where the selector's setting at. Okay, and to, for him to know which which transfer case he has in this, uh. Pretty much, if, if 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 he bought it from the dealership, they should have been able to give him that information. But in my, and, and I've been doing this for a long time, Dave, I don't care whether it's a Ford, a GM, a Chrysler, a Toyota, or any <laughs> of them, a Nissan, a European, even a, you go up to a Range Rover, any four-wheel drive, your, four, your transfer case selector, whatever selection you have on it is illuminated. Oh, okay. Yeah. It tells you. Right. Yeah. Just so, check it out. You know, I have folks come in sometimes and they'll say, you know, my truck ain't doing or my SUV's not, it's got a problem. It's herky-jerky on the turns and it's making a whining noise going down the road. Wasn't there before. Uh-huh. I usually see this a lot of times after we've had really bad weather. Okay. Snow and ice. They will select the four-wheel drive high. Then they forgot to turn it back. They forgot to turn it back, and now the roads are dried off, and they're not wet anymore, and they're on dry asphalt, hard surfaces. They make a turn in a parking lot, and it's kind of like, kind of herky-jerky because the front axles are binding. They're supposed to be on either a wet surface or a soft surface like mud. That's correct. They can't do that. And the whining noise is actually you're hearing the front differential and everything engaged up front. It's not a bad noise. That's normal. But you can tell the difference in it when you put it in four high and when you have it in two high. No, keep yeah, that so, in mind. That's good information. Well, it is for winter times coming or bad weather should be coming the next month or two. And you need to remember if you switch it in, switch it back out. Well, I'm sure hoping that we avoid the snow and ice this year. I do year. too. Just have a have a kind of a, a mediocre winter. If we mm-hmm. have snow and ice, I want it to be a one day thing. Yeah, and be on a day that I don't have to work. That's correct. Weekends only. <laughs> don't want don't want to have to be driving from Cabot, you know, in uh, with with all kinds of slickness on the road because I know how to drive on that stuff. But people who have not had to drive on it at all tend to do dumb things, bad things. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's finish up talking about a Lincoln, a Lincoln MKZ six cylinder three point five liter twenty ten. Headlights uh, flicker, turn off on their own. I recently bought a Lincoln MKZ 2010, and the driver's side headlight will randomly flicker or shut off on its own. I'll turn them off, then right back on, and they will work fine for a little. What's the problem? I've heard 
anywhere from replacing the whole assembly to the ballast to the lead. Where should I start? I know these cars have the auto light function, but it isn't turning on when this happens. Well, you got several things going on here. Headlights are not like they used to be. These high-intensity bulbs they have in them today have to have a ballast like a, uh, I guess you like would call the lights it. lights in your office? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got a ballast. Yeah, that's correct. But because they put out so much voltage, they move that voltage from a 12 volts up to a higher voltage to make it brighter. And the bulbs are expensive. The ballast are expensive. And some of them you have to buy. You can replace the ballast on some. You have to buy the assemblies. Uh, some of these headlights on some of these cars actually rotate to the left and the right as you turn the steering wheel. But they all go through it from a, from a switch. They all go through what they call a totally integrated power module or a BCM or a lighting control module. You know, you get in your car today, most of the time, you never touch your headlamp switch. It comes on when it gets dark, they sure. come on. When it gets daylight, they go off. They're all automatic. If you reach down there and you want bright lights, you turn them on. If you want fog lights, you turn them on manually. But everything after that's done automatic, and there's a good chance for that year model, the ballast or the bulb's going bad. Take it in. They'll fix it for you. Just yes, know sir. that. Yep. Joe, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Have a good uh, weekend and uh, stick around. We've got uh, our uh, program coming up talking about money. There'll be some good information for you during that. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, Robert and Chris and then uh, Senator Bozeman and others. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 